This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right, I'm just going to say this off the bat. I'm not as big of a Brees Hall fan as a lot of people are. I think he's a good running back. I think his athletic profile is off the charts. And I do think he's capable of being an every down back in the NFL. But I've seen comps to guys like Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley. I'm just not taking it that far. I just think that in a subpar running back class, we might feel the need to elevate guys, you know, the top tier guy in this class to that level, to that historical level, and I'm just not ready to do that with Brees Hall. He's definitely the best prospect in this class in terms of who best profiles to be a bell cow in the NFL. He did prove that he could handle the load. Now, he has that size, he has good vision, uh, he has that burst through the hole, he has the speed to take it to the house if he has a lane, and in terms of forcing missed tackles this past year, he was legit. Among all 39 running backs with at least 200 carries last year, he was sixth in forced missed tackles per attempt. Now, in terms of after contact numbers, there was a bit of a regression. Last year, among the 20 power five running backs who had at least 200 carries, he came in 18th out of those 20 in yards after contact per attempt. Now, he did average 3.6 yards after contact per attempt the two years prior to last year. Last year, he was at 2.83, so there was a bit of a dip. Was it just a one-year thing? Can he bounce back from that? We'll see, but it is something to note. All right, let's move on to the receiving game. 82 catches over the course of his collegiate season. That's legit. But he wasn't efficient there either. Among the 29 running backs with at least 30 targets this past season, he was 22nd in yards per route run. The year prior, in 2020, he was 26th among the 27 qualifying running backs. He averaged only 1.02 yards per route run throughout his college career. That doesn't really seem like somebody who is going to go into the NFL and command targets or even command a role in the passing game it at least suggests that he might not excel in that area. And I would not be surprised if he's paired with a pass catching specialist in the NFL and he comes off the field on third downs. Here's the thing, if we're talking per game production in the power five, there's not many running backs who has had that type of production on a per game basis than Brees Hall. Let me tell you who those names are. We're talking about guys like Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook. So I get it, I get where the names come from. A lot of times, people are comparing the athletic numbers to, to Brees Hall, and I understand that too. So I understand the fact that he has to be the number one running back this year. I totally get that, and he should be. He proved that he could be a bell cow. He's going to have that early draft capital. So he's shaping up to be the one-on-one in rookie draft, super flex or not. I'm fine taking him over a guy like Malik Willis, personally. That's for another video. But let's get into my favorite running back in this class, the one that I'm rooting for the most. And that's Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is my favorite running back in this class. I really want to put him over Brees Hall, and maybe I should just grow some cojones and, and just do that. But here's the thing. Hall did prove that he could be that bell cow. Kenneth Walker did not, especially in the receiving game. However, Kenneth Walker is the best pure runner in this draft. And if anyone is going to come out of this draft as someone labeled as special, 
I think Kenneth Walker can be that guy. Now, Walker just had one amazing year, right? Brees Hall had a compilation of years where he was the bell cow. But Walker transferred from Wake Forest to Michigan State, had an amazing year. He was my favorite running back to watch. His change of direction skills, his ability to beat guys to the perimeter. If he sees an open lane, just like Brees Hall, he could definitely take it to the house. And then you talk about his ability to make people miss. You just see it on film. And he has moves. And it's not dancing. It's all business. Out of all FBS running backs with at least 200 carries last year, Kenneth Walker was number one in forced missed tackles per attempt. He made a guy miss on 34% of his attempts. Insane. You combine that with his contact balance, among all Power 5 running backs with at least 200 carries, he was number one in yards after contact per attempt. Pure runner extraordinaire. Now, he wasn't used in the receiving game. Only 19 career receptions throughout college, not great. And on the catches that he did make, only 0.4 yards per route run, not great. Not great for someone if you're trying to pigeonhole him into a three-down roll. It might not happen. I'm not saying it won't, but this is the reason why I'm leaning Breeze Hall over Kenneth Walker, especially when we're talking about fantasy. Because those targets, those sweet, sweet targets. But then you look at Breeze Hall, who wasn't extremely efficient in the pass game either, in which case both guys can be an early down back in the NFL, in which case I'd rather have Kenneth Walker. And if Walker ends up having some pass catching ability that some scouts think he does... Anyway, I'm ecstatic to grab... Kenneth Walker, early in the first round, middle of first round. If you need a running back, solid, solid pick. Now, those two guys were the obvious ones. There's a teardrop from here, and, you know, I don't want to overvalue guys just because they're my favorite if they're not getting the draft capital. If you want guys who are going to be in the top 24, top 12 in fantasy, they kind of have to be drafted between rounds one and four, and rounds one and three, even better. That being said, coming at number three is Isaiah Spiller. Now, Spiller wasn't necessarily a bell cow in college, but he averaged 1,000 yards over his first three seasons on about 180 carries per year. Very solid, very consistent, and that includes his freshman year, by the way. He doesn't have blazing speed. He's not the best athlete in this class, but he will make guys miss and he will break tackles. Among all 86 FBS running backs with at least 150 carries last year, Spiller was 7th in forced missed tackles per attempt. He made a guy miss on 31.4% of his carries. Very solid. And in terms of yards after contact, he was very consistent across all three of his seasons. Last year, out of the 40 power five running backs with at least 150 carries, he put up 3.71 yards after contact per attempt, which was 13th out of those 40 running backs. Not bad. In 2020, he was fifth out of 14 qualifying running backs. And in 2019, in his freshman year, he was fourth of 14 qualifying running backs. He was at 4.19 yards after contact per attempt his freshman year. And that was right alongside guys like Javante Williams. He was above J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift. You get the point. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as those backs, but he ain't no slouch. I do like his consistency throughout the years. And one positive thing about Spiller is that he has a lot of tread left on his tires. And at the same time, he has the size to handle a full workload. Now, speaking of consistency, he did catch 20 balls each of the last three years. Only averaged about one yard per route run. So, you know, nothing that stands out there, but at least he was asked to do it. He definitely has some cleaning up to do in the receiving game, given the fact that he did catch less than 80% of his targets each of his three years. He's shaping up to be a third round pick in the NFL draft. He might be the third overall running back taken, and that's good enough for me to put him in the top five. Now, he's not someone I'm overly targeting in rookie drafts, but that's if I have the luxury of just taking the best player available. If I don't and I need a running back, I'm fine taking him in the middle of the first round in rookie drafts. Now, my next guy might surprise some people at number four, and that's Rashad White. He probably has the best receiving ability of any running back in this class, and he's not a scat back. He might be a three down back. 
He's someone who has some skills on early downs as well. And because of that unique combination, he's high on my list. He's tied for first in this class in yards per touch, and that's a great indication of why targets are more valuable than carries for fantasy. Now, Rashad White was easily number one in yards per route run, but the fact that he put up 2.24 yards per route run on 43 catches on 48 targets, that's balling in the pass game right there. Now, White is relatively raw in the run game. Now, I do think he's underrated at the same time. He does have some good vision. He has some patience in the backfield, and when he gets into open space, Look out. He has good size for a running back. In terms of after contact numbers, he was about at the 50th percentile among his peers, so not bad. But I do think there's some untapped potential there. He was one of the few running backs at the Senior Bowl who stood out to me, and that's in the run game, not the receiving game. So there is a chance for a three-down roll for Rashad White in the NFL. Maybe not an every-down roll, but a three-down roll. You know, like 10 to 12 carries per game, five to six targets a game. Remember what Alvin Kamara was getting at the beginning of his career when he was sharing with Mark Ingram? Something like that will be perfectly fine. As long as you give me those five to six targets, I'm happy. Now, I'm hoping that he gets taken in the third round. If he gets taken in the fourth, you know, it gets a little bit iffy, but the landing spot will matter. But when you look at the rest of these running backs, I'm shooting for upside here at this point. Fourth round isn't a death blow. In non-superflex rookie drafts, I am targeting Rashad White around the one-two turn. Perfectly fine grabbing him there. All right, so James Cook is last up for me in this top five. There are a few reasons people are a little hesitant on James Cook, one of them being his size. When he was at Georgia, he was listed at 5'11", 190. That's not really going to cut it. His BMI wasn't hitting that cutoff. But at the Combine, he was measured at 5'11", 199. He's bulking up. Good news. James Cook and Rashad White were the leaders in this class in terms of yards per touch. And it makes sense because these are the two guys who are the best in the pass game. I'm hoping for a similar role that I saw in Rashad White in James Cook. Maybe not an every down role, but an efficient three down role. That would suffice. Someone who can make you pay in the pass game. You don't necessarily have to stack the box. And he can be efficient in the run game. Kind of like what we saw at Georgia with Zamir White. But let's give Cook some more touches here, please. Now, it's been reported that Miami was interested in James Cook. And it's funny because I thought that would be a perfect fit. Either Miami or San Francisco. You know, these guys who run that outside zone scheme. James Cook has that one cut and go type of running style. And he would fit that scheme perfectly. And I know a lot of people thinking like, no, Miami, you know, too crowded. I get it. But in terms of fit, I think that's where James Cook would fit perfectly. When I was looking at these guys initially, I was thinking that maybe he could be that perfect Raheem Mostert type of replacement in San Francisco, especially with that 4-4-2 speed that he showed at the combine. Now, Cook didn't get a ton of work in college, but that's Georgia for you. They don't overwork their guys. They just prepare you for the NFL. Only 113 carries his senior year, but he was efficient. 3.91 yards per carry, very solid. That's 15th among 84 running backs with at least 100 carries in the Power 5 last year. Now, he didn't stand out in forcing missed tackles in the run game, but he definitely did that in the receiving game. And that's where he really excelled. He caught 90% of his targets last year. And among the 29 Power 5 running backs who had at least 30 targets last year, he ranked 6th with 1.63 yards per route run. He was also 5th in yards per reception among those running backs. Now, in 2020, reduced workload, but among all 60 Power 5 running backs with at least 15 targets, he ranked 8th with 2.19 yards per route run. Solid, efficient. Now, after a very solid combine showing, he might end up as a third-round rookie NFL draft pick, which is amazing. Now, if you're looking at him in the late second round of a Superflex rookie draft, I'm fine with that. If you're looking at him you know, in the mid-second of a non-Superflex rookie draft, I'm in. Let me know in the comments who you think is this year's sleeper rookie running back. See ya.